Hey, everybody. Welcome to Becoming Legendary, a podcast from Vitality, where we get the opportunity to talk to people from all walks of life about their personal journeys towards becoming legend. This week, we sat down and talked with Heather Janeski. And Heather is one of those individuals who is so inspiringly authentic that you cannot help but become a better person by being around her. As I sat down and thought about the conversation that I had with Heather and I I really looked uh, at the whole 2017 as a collective, I started to really think about how lucky we are to have Heather as part of the Vibetality community. And from that thought process, how lucky the entire Vibetality community is to have Heather, but also how lucky we are to have the Vibetality community. I've never been around a more incredible group of people in my entire life. And every single day, I am inspired by something that happens around the studio. Last night, I had a student come up to me, and she was thanking me, um, but really she was using me as a vessel to thank everything related to Vitality for what the impact it's been able to have on her life. And really, all I said back to her is the impact that you have on everyone else around you is how we create this. It's Vitality. um, Maybe it started out like this, this, this thing that was kind of related to Erica and I, but it's, it's no longer, it's no longer there. The community has become so amazingly special. And I just want to use this last post of the year or the first post of 2018, depending on how you want to look at it, to thank you, everyone who is a part of our community, whether you're thousands of miles away or you come to the studio every day, the impact that you have on my life personally um, and, and everyone within this community is truly incredible. So thank you for being you. I cannot wait to change the world in 2018. And I know that this community together is is going to force progress to physically create, to actively push the world towards a better place. Without further ado, Becoming Legendary with Heather Janeski. Maximize every opportunity so that you can become you legend can become legendary. What adjustments can you make right now to make yourself one Your percent better? Your only goal is to be the best version of you. All right, Heather, welcome to becoming legendary. Good morning. How are you? So happy. <laughs> I'm so, so happy you're here. Happy to be here. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you for the time. Um, each one of these, I start by asking what the typical day in your life is like. Can you give us your typical day? In general, yeah. Being a teacher, um, not every day is the same. Yeah. Um, but I love that. I love having a different plan or a different beautiful experience with different human beings throughout the week. So, um, always up between 5 and 6 a.m. to my beautiful morning uh, rituals. Um, Typically on the road by 6.30, 
have a wonderful drive in to wherever I'm going. I really like driving, so that kind of centers me and settles me. And then I typically teach until noon or one, depending on the day. Um, I may have a few afternoon clients. Um, and then I see my gorgeous high school children. Um, sometimes feed them, sometimes I don't, <laughs> <laughs> depending on where I need to be next and their schedules. Um, always check in with my husband, Jason. Um, because he, he usually works a little bit later as well. And then three nights a week, I'm off either to private clients or back to vitality. Okay. And then usually in bed by 10 is a good night for me. Okay. Yeah. So we have about roughly eight hours, eight plus hours of sleep? Yes. Yes. Amazing. I know. I know. <laughs> Beautiful. I'm very lucky. I've never had issues with sleep. Is there anything in the morning ritual that um, is really impactful or really share-worthy? Um, so it's ebbed and flowed uh, throughout the decades, but I think the most consistent for me is connecting with nature. Okay. However that happens, whether it's walking my dog yeah. or if I don't have a lot of time um, I have a little tea ceremony and meditation ceremony that um, I'll just do in my backyard, gazing at the sky yeah. or this, especially now this time of year when it's dark yeah. at 5 a.m. Yeah. Um, it's more just uh, connecting with the sky and the earth and being barefoot in the grass. And um, that's probably the most impactful for me. Um, being introduced to Iron Beta a few years ago, they also really helped bring in more. Um, physical so understanding how settled and quiet our body is for hopefully most people while they sleep mm -hmm. but also things can become um, a little bit stuck and slow and stagnant so bringing in things like um, some very gentle movement or stretching I do a lot of bed yoga yeah. <laughs> right stretching in the morning um, I use breathing to build up my fire and get my core temperature back up and um, the blood flow going. Um, Before you get out of bed, you'll do a breathing exercise? Yeah. Okay. And then um, I've played throughout the years with, they have things like the neti pot, mm -hmm. where you run it through the nose, oil pulling, um, swishing oil in your mouth mm -hmm. for 5, 15, 20 minutes. Um, neti for me isn't always beneficial. Um, and then the oil pulling for me, I just honestly don't have enough patience. So, <laughs> um, I, I've played with a lot of beautiful ways to help increase my body's vitality. And, um, ultimately for me, it's come down to ease of use yep. and how much energy I have to put into it. Yeah. Yeah. The best, the best Anything is the thing that we'll commit to and if it's not easy and if it takes too much energy We're not going to continue to do it <laughs> Exactly, especially I mean I see the whole world in energy. Yeah, and that energy output and the energy input. Yeah, so I know a lot of people talk about um, Scheduling or planning time management for me everything is about energy management hmm. How how did that happen? I was born wired that way. Really? So even as a kid, yeah, it was fascinating because as a kid, I didn't know any different. Yeah. And so I, I saw or I felt things in energy. And so when I would get tired, I would just lay down and take like a 20 minute nap. And I just knew instinctively to do that. And my parents allowed me to do that, which was really, really nice. Mm. So it wasn't until I was a teenager that I started struggling with that concept of um, being somewhere for a job or being somewhere for somebody else, even when I didn't have the energy or when I had all this energy yeah. sitting at a desk all day long in school not able to utilize and move my body yeah. movement-wise. So I, 
I overcorrected in my teenage years and ended up really overutilizing my body's energy. And um, I was really, really super blessed. Um, I, I six around 16, I had my sophomore year and had these horrible migraines to the point where I become blind. It affected my occipital lobe. Okay. And I was driving and it happened. Okay. And so it's very sudden. Very sad. It was after school. So it was after a whole day of school um, in the afternoon. And I just remember I had to pull over on the side of the road. No cell phones mm -hmm. back in the 80s. Yeah. And I knew... Amazing we all survived without cell phones. <laughs> very well, by the way. I was very successful without the cell phone. <laughs> Probably my most successful years. Yeah. That. <laughs> oh, that's a joke. I love technology. Um, but through that process in that fear um I was sitting in my car and I knew okay I can walk home or I can just sit here until it passes and that was probably the first time in my life where I started to use my breath okay to control my heart rate to control my thoughts I didn't know this at the time right it was a, a very primal thing that happened um and all of a sudden, my sight came back, and I was only about a mile away from home, so I still ended up walking home because I was worried it was going to happen again. And my parents were fantastic. My mom had migraines, and my grandmother, my maternal grandmother, had migraines. So we did all the doctors. They wanted to do the drugs. They wanted to do no real therapies, just medication, and which I didn't end up doing any of that. But it woke me up to how much I was depleting mm -hmm. myself. And so um, at that time, my sophomore year in high school, um, I loved sports. I loved life. I've always loved life. Um, so I did a lot of activities. So I was playing soccer right after school and then volleyball in the evenings. Mm -hmm. So I quit a sport and <laughs> went down to one sport. Uh. And Which was, one did you give up? I ended up, so for my junior year, I gave up soccer, which was really hard for me. I played that since I was about six years old. And then um, I broke my leg between my junior and senior year, or my ankle, playing soccer <laughs> in okay. summer league. And I ended up going back to um, volleyball a little bit. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was this beautiful moment of figuring out how to be my healthiest self. And at that time, it was all about the physicality. Yeah. Right? I hadn't really thought yet about my emotional heart, my mental health. Um, for me, as long as I was physically happy and healthy, the rest would follow. Mm -hmm. um, being young and naive and 16, you know, mm -hmm. very attached to my body. So, um, I also, to my parents' dismay, um, became a vegetarian and they had no idea how to deal with that. And I also started getting up at five o'clock in the morning. We had these beautiful lakes by my house and I would start every single morning. Not all, it, I, it was in Connecticut, so we had a winter time, but, um, starting my day with the sunrise and with. And that stayed with me for the rest of my life. Even did that in college, I'd get up at four a.m. and we'd go fishing before classes. And of course, you my would. classes, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been very. I've had struggles, and I've certainly had tragedies. But the way that I look through my lens, of. I call it my rose quartz lens of life is um, it's all serving me. It's never against me. Mm -hmm. So I know I've known since a very, very young age that the universe is on my side. It's, yeah. a, it's a good thing to know. Yeah. <laughs> Makes you pretty comfortable really, in life. Yes. <clears throat> and 
embraced F. Yeah, it's coming. Yeah, in depth. I because everything is energy. Um, you know, there there are deaths in relationships, mm-hmm. right? There are deaths in our food mm-hmm. process and compost. There's death of Mother Earth, how yeah. she does her cycles. Yeah. There's death of the stars. So I don't think of it as these, um, you know, finite materials. Yeah. You know, it's more of a this beautiful, energetic, evolutionary process. Mm. And this human form is just the close of this life. Yeah, that's really... That's a really interesting... Um, because we truly are surrounded by death, right? No matter what, Eric and I um, have this conversation around around food a lot. We're yeah. both vegetarian, right? And right. the whole goal of many people um, participating in a vegetarian lifestyle is to to reduce the amount of death in in your food consumption. Um, and in a lot of ways, when you look at the mass production of vegetarian food, there's more deaths per ve- vegan burger than there is per per cow burger, right? Mm-hmm. Because so. you take these giant machines through a field, and there's a lot of animals in in fields, yes. <laughs> and they get torn up yes. by giant machinery. Yeah. Um, but then, you, then there's also all of this new research coming out, right? The more science that we that we experience in our world, the more we kind of understand everything has some form of intelligence, right? So, so trees have these ability to communicate with each other, and and leaves on plants can change their their physical taste when they hear a caterpillar eating leaves next to them. Yes. So there's no. There's no way to avoid death, right? Like every step we take, like the the Buddha the Buddha story is right. Like we're always looking to make sure that every single step we take avoids death. But the reality is, there are microbes and things that every time we move, we're crushing. Every time we breathe in, yes. we're taking in microbes. Yeah. It, it's just impossible. And the cells in our body that are dying off all the time. All the time. Yeah, yeah. Right? Every cell in your body dies um, within a seven-year cycle. Every single cell. Yeah. And it's, it's just impossible. And it's also amazing. And you're right. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Um, yesterday, <laughs> this, is a, this is an interesting death story. And it's, it's not happy, but it's, it's really it's interesting. And it's, it's, you and Erica have very similar demeanors and very similar like connections, right? You're really these authentic people. Yesterday there was these in in our backyard. Um, we back up on a green belt, so we have this little view fence into this green area, which is just so important. It was like the only reason I got my house. It's right. just like totally. have to have some type we of have space. A little park in front. <laughs> only reason. Yeah. Why we have our house. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, my real estate agent, this was years ago, right? Seven years ago when I lived in a very corporate world. And she spent a week trying to talk me out of my house. And I was like, I don't care. This is the house I want. If we don't make this happen, I'm going to be really upset. So there's green around this house. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's super important. Yeah, extremely important. Yeah, right? this is where I will be the happiest. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, there's the there was these this or these gophers that were in the green belt and um they'd been digging their little gopher holes for months and um and happy happy yeah <laughs> really happy. and yesterday erica just looks outside and she says i'm so mad and i come out of the office and i like what's going on um and they were they were carbon monoxiding the gophers so, um, it's a, it's a super sad thing, right? <laughs> and, and this is a funny story and Eric will hate that I'm, I'm telling this story, which is great. Sorry, Eric. <laughs> so that goes on. I, she's looking up how this happens. I've never seen this, right? I grew up in the country. Gophers just run around. So, and <laughs> so this is a thing that they do in neighborhoods. And, um, 
they leave. Erica is crying. Um, we go out and try to dig up the gopher hole, see if we could release some poison gas into the world instead of into the gopher hole. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah. She's like, I think the neighbors are going to be mad. I'm like, yeah, they were probably already mad at us. <laughs> it's fine. Um, but the, the impact of that death, right? So, so, so many people and the neighborhood, right? Obviously the neighborhood is supportive of this idea that we come in and we put a gas and we kill this little creature when we could easily set a trap, right? Like we could have caught the gopher oh, in so three days and Patrick. set so it anywhere. Solutions. Yes. Yeah. But Erica um, has this like profoundly impacted experience, right? Like she's like bawling and crying and um, we just kind of go and do what we can do. But the reality is that comes for everyone and everything. Now, humans, we create more death probably than our than our what we're what we're owed as a creature, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but it all, humans will go away at some point. Mm-hmm. That that's gonna mm-hmm. going to happen. <laughs> it's just every everything yes. happens that way. <laughs> yeah. So it's. The, the beauty in the experience and the energy transfer, um, that gopher, right, will, will decompose and eventually provide nutrients for the world. Exactly. And so will you and so will I. And yeah. that's just, it is, there's a really, there's a really, there's a really beautiful thing to that. It is. But it's also something most people avoid. Yeah, and I think more, I don't even know if people think about it, quite frankly. For sure. I think they avoid the thought. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and we're surrounded by it. That's what's really amazing. Surrounded by it. Yeah. Right? It is this beat. I think of it as that infinity loop. Yeah. Right? It's a constant. Yeah. But it's also this beautiful gift Um to embrace yeah. every human experience that you truly can, mm-hmm. right? It's an opportunity. I see death as this awesome opportunity that's been gifted to us, however we choose to show up on this planet, to embrace the human experience. Yeah. Yeah. And so in that being said, mm-hmm. <laughs> I've also used and abused my body mm-hmm. um, physically. Um, but I wouldn't have ever done it differently. Because <laughs> I wanted to have those experiences. And I still want to have those experiences. Mm-hmm. And I understand the risk. And I understand that um, probably moderation is better. <laughs> but sometimes it's just a blast to take your physicality to its very limits. And you, you really have this whole, like, I think around the community of vitality, you are really known as this super nurturing energy, right? Like Heather is the vitality mom, the studio mom, right? Like you have that, that loving energy that just Mm -hmm. supports everybody, right? That motherly energy. And Mm -hmm. that just overflows from you. But you also have this like super rock star adventure side to you. Very much so. That is like, it's, (laughs) it's the yin and the yang of, of you. Yeah. So how, where did the, where did that adventurer come from? So the adventurer is probably my dominant. Okay. And, you know, as a teacher, um, I do my prayer, I do my invocations and I bring in the Shakti, that, that mother mm-hmm. nurturing energy. So it's not necessarily, um, work for me to do that because it does come very naturally, but it's something that is not natural to me. Um, I've really honed that for about the last 12 years to figure out how I showed up as a teacher. So the, the, the Mother Earth um, the Mother Earth 
Shakti energy has been more of a gift for myself. Okay. And I'm able to share that with my students. For sure. I don't come in with the intention of mothering or, um, and I will say I'm not a healer. So I don't come in with that mindset of, oh, we're going to be in this healing yoga class. Um, the healing comes from you, the student, Mm. honestly. I can, I can take you into the deeper awareness of your own healing potential Yeah, is the teacher, but I'm personally not a healer. Um, that is not my gift. Um, so the adventurer, adventurer, um, is my natural state. Okay. It, it's, and I know I've heard you say this so many times now, but it's always, um, it's always jarring when, and, and I think jarring and amazing, when you hear you talk about honing this craft of, um, of this nurturing capacity because it's it, so authentically you and it's also something that you've really worked on building to become you. Mm-hmm. And... And that is, it is amazing. It's a daily practice. <laughs> yeah. It's for, it's hand. Last night I did a half an hour meditation just on, um, Shakti, uh, that rose quartz, bringing in my softer guides. Um, cause it's been with this time of year, death tends to happen around us a little bit quicker, whether it's, um, the earth, the season, um, Thanksgiving next week, um, and, and sometimes as well in um, acquaintances, there have mm-hmm. been quite a few deaths in the last couple of weeks. So last night, I really needed to tune back into how do I support the season of slowing down and shutting down. And um, I'm extremely aware of my fire and my, um, (sighs) my, uh, fierce element more than anything else. And so I try to make sure I'm constantly in balance with that fierce, fiery element. (laughs) Yeah. Because if I was unconscious and in my reactionary mode, um, that's where my being wants to be. Yeah, and that just gets out of hand. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a reaction rather than an action. Right, right. Right, which can be harmful. And it's in, like fire is, is actually a chemical reaction mm-hmm. also. <laughs> like it's truly a reaction. It's truly a reaction and it burns things out. Yeah. It, it's very, very useful. We yeah. need heat, right? We need warmth. You know, so many people go to the sun and go to warm areas of the world to feel that fire. But um, it also can be extremely, you know, it's that flash reaction Mm -hmm. where water can do damage, but over years and years of time. Right. Right. Air can do damage. And, but that you've got to have a huge, huge, incredible force behind airflow, which is usually warm air. Right, the morning pulpiting. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. So, um, I'm very fortunate that I've been able to walk the path that I'm on, use my internal gifts that I was internally born with and gifted, and um, be in this place that I get to be exactly who I am. Yeah. That's, That's a, wild. Man. It is, yeah. It, yeah. I am in such deep, like I'm on my knees, gratitude, appreciation, joy every single day for that gift. It's a, it's amazing how few people get to experience that, right? There's, there's, there's almost nothing that's more energy draining than having to put on a mask and constantly be pretending you're someone that you're not, right? Yeah. Wearing, and I always, 
I always go back to the corporate dress, right? Because no, I don't care. Nobody is comfortable in a suit and tie. And there is no one. I'm going to up you on that. I moved here in 1998. Corporate job. It was required to wear nylons and three inch heels. And I moved here in August from Oregon. Yeah. Talk about the nonconformist coming out. I was written up all the time. And I was, I just did not understand. Yeah. Right? Talk about image. Yeah. Talk about nobody saw my legs. Yeah. And if you were looking at my feet, you probably weren't paying attention to me. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I a thousand percent agree with you. And we put on it's this clothes natural. now, especially, so that we can go write a thousand emails a day. Yeah. Right? Like, perfect. Yes. I looked beautiful and I wrote a thousand emails. Right. <laughs> Completely. Behind... It's... The screen. Behind a screen <laughs> where no one ever sees us tucked away in a little corner. And, and it is. And there's that, there's, there's just, there's just this super energy pull. And it's not just the dress, right? The dress to me is the most obvious thing. And it's something that has um, always been something that has personally like been my, my yeah. fire pit. Yeah. Um, and, but the the giving off of fake energy, the pretending to be like enjoying something, which is why most work like corporate functions mm-hmm. are so hard on people, is because they're they're surrounded by people that they maybe are acquaintances with, maybe there's a couple people that they're really friendly with, but a lot of people that are, treat them really terribly on a day to day basis, right. and now they're supposed to go into this giant room and pretend that everything's amazing and say the right thing and it, always right? say the right thing and yeah. act the right way yeah. And don't be offensive. And I mean, just the list, the scroll. Yeah. Be the least authentic version of you. Completely. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's tough. And then it's really, it's unfortunate. It is. But remember too, I always think of it. I think because I'm in an energy world, I think of the historical. That started maybe 60 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's starting to die out. True. So it was such a little, little, teeny, tiny part. True. Of human history. Our evolution. Yeah, for sure. Right, which is wonderful. We just happen to be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> born and, um, you know, I was dead center of Reaganomics. Okay. Um, and you were just after that. Yep. Right. When did you hit the corporate world-ish? I hit the corporate world early 2000s. Oh, Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I I love that fact in the sense that, um, you know, you had the computers, you had Google, you had Yahoo. So you, the 2000s and now it's like definitely the tail end. That being said, we, we have a generation holding on to that. Yeah. Right. The insurance company. Yeah. Is the oil company. You know, the, the larger. Um, but I honestly believe my, you know, these kids now, 16 and under, they're not going to necessarily experience that. 10, yeah. You're probably right. 15 years. Ago. And it, it, like, right. Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. Um, yeah. Starts what will be probably the second biggest company in the world behind Amazon. Right. <laughs> And wears a hoodie to presentations. And you have to respect that. Of of course. This is, here's who I am. Yeah. And if you don't want to be a part of what I do, which, hey, you can, there's plenty of arguments against the the benefits of Facebook, the benefits, and there's plenty of arguments for the negatives of Facebook. Right. But he represents himself in a way that says, this is who I am. I'm a guy who grew up in a hoodie and I still wear a hoodie, even though I could wear whatever I want. Yeah. And on the flip side of that, um, I'm not a fashion person at all. I'm probably, uh, I just don't spend money in that realm. But I also see that as a beautiful, huge, artistic venue, creative venue. And so if you want to, you know, go away from the hoodie and be in this absolutely fabulous. Without a doubt. 
handmade, hand sewn, hand beaded, people need to be okay with that too. For sure. Right? Yes. And make room for the infinity loop. Yes. It all matters. It's right. And it really so yeah, everyone. If there is somebody out there who's comfortable in a three-piece suit and a bow tie or stockings and giant heels, they should be able to sit next to a person in a hoodie. And they're like, hey, this is what I'm comfortable in. This is what you're comfortable in. This life is good. Yeah. That's the, everyone should be able to express themselves in whatever makes them happy. But when you put that required conformity around people, um... It takes away from the experience of life and it takes away, it's certainly not a form of teaching, right? It's a form of control. And once you get into control, you've really lost the respect of, of everyone around there. And it's, it's just negative really. And this may be a little bit too harsh, but, um, it silences your soul. Yeah. Without a doubt. No, that's not. That's just reality. Okay. <laughs> that's reality. Because I don't want to get into like soulless versus soulful. Like everybody has a soul. Yeah. Like, the, the soul yeah. should be your guiding yes. light <laughs> every moment of your day. But that being said, when you're in the mask. Yeah. When you're wearing the veil, it silences your soul. Yeah. And, and so that- what happens... We have no more soul speak. Right. 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 And that's why it it's so hard on heart, you. Patrick. Breaks yeah. the heart. For sure. And it's also representative of, of how how the the divisiveness of society, right? Because it's not our soul speaking to each other. It's these this fakeness, this fake mask that we're wearing, and the fake mask can fight. Because and it's so easy when we add the internet yeah. to, to fight, oh, right? Goodness, like yeah. If we sat down and, and you and I had really different perspectives on something, yeah. it's really likely we're going to be really kind and, and appreciative of the conversation of our differences. Yeah. But if you and I are... done experiments with that. I'm have sure. you seen those? I haven't. Yeah, it's fascinating. Mostly in Europe, one or two here, but where they put their... They're in a larger room, but it's like a, a bar experience. Okay. They have their water and their mineral water. So it's very comfortable. It's mm-hmm. very, but it's only, it's one-on-one, okay. right? And they just organically start a conversation. They start to realize what their differences are. And you can see the shoulders rise a little bit. You can see the facial changes, but there's such this beautiful moment of, Wait, I've just been talking to this person for 10, 15 minutes. Here's our commonality. Right. Right? Let's either choose to agree to disagree. Yep. Or tell me more. Mm. Yeah. It's so beautiful. I'm trying to find out. It is amazing because you're so right. Like, the internet has given us this ridiculous power. It's the ultimate mask. And it entitles us. Right. Right? And it separates us. For sure. Now. It also connects us and it does all. The yin and the yang. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Completely. It, it is, though, when, we're, when we remove the mask, we do, we do start with the commonalities. Right? Because when you're trying to connect to somebody... You, you want to find that common ground. Yeah. And it's so much easier to solve problems when you start with what you have in common, with you start with what you agree on, than when you start with what you disagree on. Of course. So yeah. It's, yeah. it's impossible to solve a problem when you start with what you disagree yeah. on. You're just, impossible. okay, these are the things that we don't agree on. We're never going to agree on those. And talk about wasted energy. For sure. Holy. For sure. It's, you know, yeah. It's interesting. That's energy just flying out into nowhere. Yeah. It's not even directional wasted energy that's energy that's literally going into the void so let me ask you that because does it go into the void or does that does that that all of that angst right there's just there's a lot of wasted angst Mm -hmm. but if we look scientifically right 
energy energy yeah. doesn't go away. Yeah, biology of belief. So totally. so totally. does that create like all of this this wasted anger that goes nowhere? Yeah. Is it really affecting society? And it is it's, affecting society. Yeah. And it's, no... it's it's feeding something. Yeah. Right. And if you believe in the darkness, if you believe in an evil force, I personally believe that anger, that energy that's not being directed into purpose yeah. is feeding the darkness. Yeah. Well, it is. There's no, I mean, you can't argue. There's no argument against that. Some people that. can. Some people well, believe in the, more of a chaos theory where the chaos takes it and in entropy just takes it out into the void. I haven't. I believe in the care. I believe in chaos. Chaos is yeah. I, I, I just think that they're the, describing the same thing in a different way. Probably. <laughs> just Probably. Like yeah. Chaos and yeah. chaos and darkness, right there. Yeah. They're, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're pretty similar concepts in my brain. Yeah. I, I totally agree. <laughs> but I've had really intense conversations, more for a scientific point of view, between light chaos. Right darkness and then the whole, the whole potential of the black hole and dark matter. And, yeah. you know, we don't, I mean, I is a human being am such a, I'm not even a child yet. Right. I'm still mm -hmm. this small baby, right. In my personal evolution. Yep. So for me to even attempt to talk about dark matter, never mind understand dark matter. Yep. It wonderful to play with and be philosophical with, yep. but absolutely silly for me to pretend that I know what yeah. I love to listen about it and hear about it. But then my, you know, my soul speak is also like, they really don't know what they're talking about yet either. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody really knows. <laughs> so this is, um, this will be really quick, yeah. really quick s synopsis for anybody who is like, what are these two mm. talking about right now? <laughs> so, and you can correct me where I, where I leave off and sure. we, everyone should Google this so that they can get their own actual factual concept. But dark matter is this, um, missing energy force, um, when we're scientifically, when we're scientifically weighing the energy of the universe, there's a significant portion. I think like over fifty percent. Is it seventy percent ish? Mm -hmm. Where we can't identify what where this energy is. Um, so so there's this scientific theory that there's this there's this dark matter that's missing that we don't have a way of measuring yet. Um, that that they keep coming up with equations that they think are right, but they think. They <laughs> Is that right yeah, on? Completely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, millions of dollars are being spent on it. And yeah. scientists are working on this around the world. Yeah. And it's a fascinating, beautiful kind, you know, when you're splitting the actual light yeah, Particle. the CERN Collider is, this is their primary focus is to solve this puzzle. Completely. And that's a yeah, billion so. dollar loop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're just so. taking particles and smashing them together at light yeah. speed. You yeah. know, because let's create many black holes for right. humans. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you're going to think about... If you're in an energy field, yeah. I want to have all possibilities. Yeah. Control only what I can control. I don't right. have any... Right. Uh, yeah. I have no doubt. I have very limited control. Yeah. But what I can control in my energy field, in this energy body... I'm going to choose to control yeah. consciously without creating any harm to others and really being genuine to the path that I believe my soul has chosen. This was this soul contract goes back eons. Yeah. It's um, to me, that's 
that really is how you define a successful life, right? Like if your day to day is about controlling the things that you have the ability to control Mm -hmm. and letting go of the things that you don't have the ability to control, you're going to (laughs) be as happy a individual as you possibly can be. (laughs) And that's pretty much it. I agree. And not only happy, Patrick, because I, I, I have an issue with the word happy, um, but that place of when you make a decision or a choice, it's now coming from a place of contentment. Yeah. And even, I'll go beyond that, even joy. Yeah, yeah. And I think too many people, especially in this modern day, 2017 too many people are in obligation yeah and that's that again is creating an incredible imbalance not just in individuals but in our community and in our world right now for me the imbalance is palpable yeah and it's a, right? Yeah, it that? really is. Right? Yeah. And we can say a, a thousand reasons to make excuses and to excuse the imbalance. But ultimately, it comes down to personal choice yep. and personal consciousness. I relate too many things to this, but since I maybe I can make this a, a new thing that I do for every single episode... To me, it it starts with you, right? Like always. If always you, (laughs) we cannot say that enough. (laughs) You you cannot fix an imbalance in the world if you personally are not balanced. And I always use the putting away your shopping cart at the grocery store because it tells me so much about you if you are willing to drive away and leave basically an object of destruction in surrounding giant investments for people in your community. Like you care so little about the people around you that you're willing to just not walk 10 feet for them. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a place that will protect their investment 10 feet away from you and you're too lazy to take care of that personally. That tells me all I need to know about you. You need help right now. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> for whatever reason, that is like my thing. I define humans around their ability to put away shopping carts. <laughs> That's awesome. So Glennon Doyle, she's um, author of Love Warrior. I've, okay. Glennon Doyle is a very popular conversation in our house. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so she literally just posted on her Instagram and I'm sure other places too. She said, let's be good people. Dot, dot, dot. Put away your shopping <laughs> cart. I am not joking. <laughs> oh, it's so true. So it's resonating. Like it with, starts with those yes. little tiny things. Yeah. Like clean up. You care about the people around yeah. you. It's just so much. And care about you. What's killing me right now is it almost has to be taught. Yeah. And I don't know why. I don't know where. How we lost that path. Yes. Yeah. It was not like that. Yeah. Decades ago. And I don't know how the separations come in and I don't know where the lack of responsibility has come in, but also that entitlement is is just unbelievable right now. um, We do it with the kids all the time, whether it's the soccer team or especially the, the outdoor sports, like, you run your laps and any trash or litter you see, you pick off off yeah, the field. So I when love we it. get onto the field, yeah. it is clean and pristine and you are taking care not just of the earth, but you're taking care of this one spot yeah. that you are responsible for. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I also feel like, is this really my responsibility to For sure. Yeah, but it it is. It is. I own I own the responsibility, but, but we've it's also, also lost. The natural, yeah. the, to me, the obvious, take care. The pride. Yeah, the pride. That's, that's I think, the, to me, yeah. it's the pride, right? It's the connectivity. Yeah. So many, so few people know their neighbors. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. We had this thing in our neighborhood where, uh, whatever, a monsoon, a uh, haboob, something blew in yeah. on trash day. Yeah. So every single trash can on our street blew down and exploded into the green belt. <clears throat> and Erica and I, <laughs> we are at the studio like 12 hours a day. So we left in the morning. We saw it. It was like six in the morning. We leave and we're like, Wow. That is um, a remarkable mess. We have to be at the studio in five minutes. Cool. So we drive down to the studio. We come back at night. It's still there. And the next day we woke up an hour early and we went out and picked up the trash. I really wondered what would happen if we didn't do that. Yeah. Like, we hire a subcontractor, <laughs> landscaper, and somebody else do it for Which is ridiculous. 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 I, I, it's just, we used to do this thing in our neighborhood where we grew up, which was um, like a very country rural place. Yeah. Um, and the, and in, in Colorado, there's really two highways. And one is I-25 and it runs down right the middle of the corridor. Yeah. So you have basically... 70% of the traffic in Colorado drives down this road that went right near our neighborhood. And we would just have a day, couple times a year, yeah. where everyone in the community yeah. got together and just picked up the yeah. trash that people threw out on the road. Yeah. And, and that's what you did. You should you do that. Right. Right? Yeah. Which is part of your community part of your neighborhood yeah and it builds connection and it builds responsibility and it's it's like those are things that you need and somehow those are just gone and you personally are never gonna throw anything (laughs) exactly right that's a huge thing because now you are owning the responsibility of keeping it clean so why would you throw things out yeah it's it's so true um it's so it's that to me is like that's a great that right there that's the concept of this whole thing is if, if you're like owning the responsibility of your community, of yourself, because yeah. it starts with you, right? You have to own the responsibility of you. You have to make sure you're taken yes. care of, yeah. clean. Yeah. And that I think is how you start it, right? You said, I have the, like, I have this big, this big desire to nurture this side of me, mm-hmm. which was recognizing that if you didn't nurture this side of you, mm-hmm the fire takes over. Mm -hmm. And I think the culture is the fire is winning right now. Just on a community, which goes back to all that anger that we just let out that feeds the fire. Yes. And we tied lots of things together. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I also see the other side of it. Um, from, and maybe it's because of the separation and not knowing our neighbors and not, but there's this also interesting concept going on right now where people are either embarrassed or insecure about asking for help. Yes. I mean, I've known people that had their electricity turned off just their, you know, they, they yeah. lost track of their bill for a couple months. Yeah. And rather than asking for yeah. or reaching out to their church community, school community, friend community, mm-hmm. they would rather have their electricity turned off than ask for help. Yeah. And I don't know, that's a huge disconnect. Huge di- I maybe understand not asking maybe from family members, if there's stuff going on, because there's so much history. Always, yep. Right. But. It goes back to the mask, though, right? Completely. And our houses have become the mask that now separate us from our neighbors. Yeah. And that's. Yeah. The mask is the problem. The mask. It's a, it's, it's a huge problem. So, so the, the, um. (laughs) <laughs> this has been this is just a super fun conversation for me because you I get all of the Heather teaching in a yeah. in a concentrated dose here. Um, <laughs> well, and it's nice that we agree. <laughs> it would be rough if you're like, <laughs> oh jeez, Heather, <laughs> rolling your eyes. Are there are there any teachers in your life that have had? this massive impact on you? Um, 
yeah, too many to talk about in a, a short time, but um, my greatest lifetime teachers, my parents, hands down. Yeah. And we are about as opposite as you can be. Okay. Um, but there's a mutual respect and from day one, unconditional love. Yeah. Which is, that is the biggest thing that your parents can teach you. Huge. Yeah. That is. And with each other. Yeah. Like they've been married, um, almost not quite about 50 years. And so for them, and they have three very, very different children, totally different kids, who I love. I love you, Scott and Tanya, my brother and sister. <laughs> Shout out, but Scott and Tanya. But we're all very different. Um, and for right or for wrong, they completely allowed us to be exactly who we were. No matter what. Yeah. They weren't happy about it. Yeah. It wasn't always their desire for us. Right. But they supported us. It's who you were. Yeah. Yeah. We'd have argument. I mean, we'd, we'd argue or they'd let me know their disappointment or, the, you know, especially my mom. My mom was very um, protective yeah. in a good way and just wanted me to have the tools. She was... Um, she loves the city. She's more of a city person. We were raised not so city. Okay. And, um, so she just wanted that uh, instinct and that intuition for me. Um, and I needed to learn my own lessons. You know? yeah. And she allowed me to... There were many times where she would say, just don't tell me. <laughs> I don't want to know. Yeah. Because it would have been too much for her heart to understand what a, a child had gone through. The reality yeah. is, though, you have to learn your own lessons, right? Of course. And I'm of not course. a parent, but... Yeah. but You're a child and you've got your puppies. <laughs> but I know my parents had conversations where they knew the right answer. Yes. And they told me the right answer. And I was like, that's the wrong answer. <laughs> and 10 years later, 5 years later, I was like, yeah, that was the right answer. Right. You guys could have saved me a lot of heartache. <laughs> but... But there's nothing uh, you can do. Yeah. Like you, you can have the right answer. Yeah. And it, it, unless someone experiences it, it just yeah. doesn't matter. And the damage that you do, Patrick, when you listen to somebody else. True. Yeah. Some people don't come back from. Yeah. That's truly true. In, in their soul. Yeah. And in this life. Yeah. Work. Yeah. So we've talked about this on a, on a, and we're going to wrap up real quick here, but we talked about this on a, on a previous podcast where in order to progress past a lesson, you have to learn the lesson. And if you don't learn the lesson, you get stuck in the loop. And once, once you're stuck in the loop, there's really no way to get out. it brings it back. <laughs> yeah. For exact, that's exactly what we talked right. about. It's not something that you can deny. Right. You can emotionally and intellectually. Yeah. But your body is going to speak loudly and clearly. Yeah. Until you have, and I know quite a few individuals who are absolutely in denial in every other way, mm. but I can see it and I can feel it off of their physical bodies. Yeah. We probably all know people like that. Yeah. It's just, just, it's, yes, it's just a thing that you, you interact with so often now. It's yeah. just people that have, they're just stuck and you know, and you know the answer, but until they learn that lesson, they're never going to get out of that loop and the universe is going to keep throwing it right back at them. Here's another opportunity to learn. Here's another opportunity to learn. Here's an opportunity to learn. But I also think that's why yoga is, I would love, I don't know the numbers on this, but you know, the numbers of people that were doing yoga in the seventies to the nineties to 2017, mm -hmm. it's been mind blowing to yeah. me because I, I started 2000 ish and, um, it was still not a thing. Uh, there was one studio at the time InterVision, um, in my area and, um, shout out to the InterVision yeah. group. <laughs> and, um, I had a lot of, uh, resistance and judgment around that choice okay. to go do yoga. 
Mm. Um, and that was 17 years ago. Yeah. And today, almost every single person you know knows what yoga is. Right. In my Heather world, 50% of them have taken a yoga class. Yeah. Um, That's amazing it's that low to me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe my world is smaller than Heather's world. <laughs> I have an incredible, beautiful um, community, and I have lots of various groups. Yeah. So if I look at the collective group, yeah, about fifty percent have taken a yoga. You class. you have a better perspective of the world than I do. Yeah. <laughs> I like I said, I embrace every group and climbers. Don't always they, they like to stretch and they like to do whatever, but climbers just want to climb. Yeah. Runners just want to run. My mom's group, we love drinking wine and talking about books, you know? Yeah. I mean, every little commonality that I have with different groups isn't um, necessarily yoga-based. Yeah. Which is so, great. A balanced life. Yeah. 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 Very, but, so back to the mask and getting to awareness, acceptance, universal love. It's all in the yoga. Yeah. It's all right there in the yoga, which is why we feel so great after a yoga class. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You never leave a yoga class and think, man, I really wasted an hour right there. Yeah. It just, it never happens. It's impossible to happen. <laughs> It's amazing. And no matter what, no matter what you had to put off, it is always the right choice. Yes. It's amazing. Yeah. Last question for you. Do you have any questions for me? When do we get to interview you? (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, that's a whole... I would love to, by the way. Um, Anytime. So, how... Are you bringing in the concept of self-love to yourself, but also for, you know, loving yourself Yeah. and then able to share that with others in your life? Yeah, it's a fun question. Um, I think last week's episode with Julia really started to talk about this because for me, I've I've had a really um, broken perception of of the world, which was very much work focused. I built a huge portion of my identity on my work, um, and for at least four years, I've had two full time jobs. And when you have two full time jobs, there's not a lot of room for self love. Right. There's, there's not a lot of room. It's like blocking out the thought of death. Mm-hmm. Um, it fills up all of your time and all of your thought and all of your energy. And it blocks out the, the thought of you. So it's interesting. The conversation with Jeff um, Loback, we talked about this, this concept of putting yourself first mm-hmm. and how, unless you put yourself first, you can't take care of anything around you. And just like we talked about, we talked with Chris Taimo Odesto that you take care of yourself first and then you can take care of your neighborhood and then you can take care of your community and then you can take care of your country and then you can take care of your world. So that has really been my, my focus has been to turn my energy towards me to start refilling my own personal cup. Um, because again, a Julia comment, if you, once you empty your cup, you can't pour anymore and you can't give anymore. So I have spent the, the last really, you know, I started to, the, the pieces started to crumble in my corporate world, um, a long time ago, but it still pulls energy and it still Mm -hmm. drains your cup. So once I, once I finally relinquished that responsibility, um, I've been able to put more energy, put more attention towards my own energy. And I naturally, 
I am a person that wants to give and make people happy. So if I have the, mm. the energy in me to give, mm. it's like my natural, my natural inclination is to do that. Yeah. But, if, but if it's empty, I can't. Yeah. So um, my, only, my only focus or my only goal is now to make sure that I have enough energy to give. And I think when I, when I show up now, I know that I have this additional energy that I didn't used to have that, that I can pour out. Beautiful. And on the shopping cart thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so this thing that I this thing that I used to do, which was no help, would I would when I'd see somebody do that, I'd run over and I'd just say, "Hey, like take responsibility for your life. Put your cart away," yeah. which made them go crazy and drive off like a maniac. Right, and right. and now what I do is when I see someone putting their cart away, I go over and I thank them and I just yes. say, "Wow, I like I appreciate you so much for taking the responsibility of putting your cart away." And it just put your attention towards the positivity in the world, put your energy towards the positivity in the world instead of the negativity, and life becomes beautiful. Good job. <laughs> Heather, thank you. Hold on. Yeah, throw it at me. Are you meditating every day? No. Okay. But I am meditating every Wednesday. Excellent. I love it. <laughs> so on that, I do spend, I would say five to six days a week, I spend um, a little bit of time in nature breathing so is it this full extent of blocking everything out and searching for some okay (laughs) but there's there there are different levels right like when you experience that samadhi state there's a different filling of the cup that happens and i think you really do have to actively pursue that state to to achieve it um but I do, there's a, there's a different connection that happens when you get out in the sun and when you look at the bees and when you, when you yeah. pick some Thai basil, it's just, there's some things that can happen. So five to six days a week, I get that 20 to 30 minutes of just a connection of breath. One to two days a week, I block everything out and I really search for that active pursuit of silence. Thank you, Heather. Thank you. This was such a fun conversation. Thank you. All right. Have a great day. You too. And that is the podcast with Heather Janeski. Heather is amazing. She is absolutely incredible. And the reason she is so amazing is because she works at being amazing. And I'm going to leave you with this. 2018 is going to be an incredible year because we are going to make it an incredible year. That's it. Talk to you again in two weeks. Stay legendary.